sermon from Garden City Methodist Church. We want to invite you to worship with us each Sunday at 10.30 a.m., either in person or online. You can come to our beautiful sanctuary at 62 Varnado Avenue, Garden City, Georgia, or you can worship with us online as we stream our services at GardenCityUMC.com. Our scripture for this morning is from the book of Matthew, chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he'd resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Have you all ever been home sick? from school or work or something like that and been stuck with nothing to do and just flipping through the channels and ended up watching the Maury Povich show on TV? You're lucky if you haven't. I've flipped by it before. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, there's like half the time Maury has paternity tests on his show. I mean, that's what he does. There, there's a guy who, there are a lady who has a baby and says, this guy's the father. And the guy says, I'm not that kid's father. Look, he doesn't look anything like me. And there's always a point where Maury runs the DNA test and he has got this envelope and he opens it up and he says, you are not the father or you are the father. And then there's all kinds of drama that happens and it's very, very trashy television. I always kind of feel sorry for the kids that go, that, whose parents go on their show, right? Because if your parents are on Maury, that means that there is documented public evidence on the record that your dad didn't want you or that your mom's virtue was being questioned on TV. Either one of those things aren't great. And every one of those kids is going to grow up someday and it's going to come out at school that their mom and dad was on Maury and that, that their dad didn't want to raise them. I kind of wish there was a show where, where people fought over the, who got the privilege of raising these babies. That doesn't seem to be quite as compelling television, right? Well, they didn't have daytime TV back in Jesus' day. But I'll bet you the story of Jesus' birth was gossiped about so much that it probably was the closest thing to it. It might as well have been on daytime TV. I'll bet it was gossiped about so much. 
The thing about Jesus' birth is that, you know, it was a scandal. She, they were engaged to be married, but they weren't married yet. Now, back in those days, engagement had a different connotation than it does now. When you were engaged to someone to be married, there was like this year, give or take, long period in which you did not live together, but you were legally like committed to each other to the point that if you wanted to dissolve that relationship, you had to go through a divorce. And so she's still living in her father's house, but you are committed to each other to the point that, that any infidelity that happens in that relationship is considered to be adultery. I mean, it's like cheating on your spouse. And so in the Old Testament, there were rules for how this could have gone. You get stoned if you cheat, if you're a woman. On, on, on someone that you're engaged to. I mean, that's the, the rules. And Joseph you know, says he's a righteous man, and so he had made up his mind not to do that, and he wasn't going to stone her for this, but he also wasn't going to stick around and raise someone else's baby. And the thing about it is he could have he come out of this whole drama smelling like roses, Joseph could have sidestepped all of this drama, right? Because he could have set her up for the best life that a cheating fiancé could get without killing her. And everybody would have looked at him and said, man, Joseph's such a good guy. He got done dirty, but you know what? He, he took care of her and he, he just moved on with his life and, and he's a respectable dude. He could have done that. He could have decided that the price was too high, that raising someone else's kid was too much work. And all he would have had to do to get off scot-free was convince himself that this angel that appeared to him in a dream was just a dream. It would have been easy to do that to stick to his initial plan that he'd already decided in his heart that he was going to do and say, boy, what a crazy dream that was. I'm still going to do what I'm going to do. I have crazy dreams all the time. It wouldn't be that much of a leap to say that this was a crazy dream. The other night I dreamed that I was in Star Wars and they gave the stormtroopers jetpacks and I was trying to fight them. I mean, that, that's not a huge leap. That's true. Uh, it's not a true huge leap to say, well, this, this angel that appeared in my dream was just this wacky thing. But you don't go and change the whole course of the rest of your life based on a wacky dream that you had. At least I hope you're not doing that. Because uh, my life would be a lot different if I was doing that. But Joseph did. Joseph changed his mind. He had a plan ready to go, ready to pull the trigger on this plan, but he responded to what the Lord was doing in his life and his family, and he listened to the angel, and he changed his mind. And to me, this might be one of the biggest miracles in the whole story. I mean, the virgin birth thing's pretty cool, but this guy changed his mind. I don't like changing my mind. I don't know about you. If I thought I was going to need to change about my mind about something, I wouldn't believe it in the first place. I believe what I believe because I think I'm right. I do what I do because I generally think it's the right thing to do. 
And I don't enjoy when someone tells me that I need to go and do different. Think about this. Joseph had a plan ready to go. He knew that he was a righteous man, and he, he knew that what he was doing was the best thing he could do with the cards he'd been dealt. But then God spoke to him, and he changed his mind. It would have been so easy for him not to do this. It would have been so easy for him to say, God, I hear what you're saying, but I've already decided, and I'm just going to follow through with my plan. But if you think about it, an unwillingness to change our minds, this kind of closed-mindedness, it represents a tremendous amount of pride. When we're not willing to change our minds about anything, what it says is that I've got everything right the first time. No need to, to discern. No need to listen to God. No need to, to even entertain ideas that aren't already in my brain because I've got it all figured out and I'm that smart and that good and that righteous. I'm going to keep thinking the same thing I've always thought because I've always been right before and I'm going to keep being right all into the future. That's what an unwillingness to change our mind says. And you know what? Joseph had every right to keep going through with this plan. It's what the Bible told him to do. His Old Testament said, if, if this happens to you, these are the steps that you go through. You either stone her or you, or you kind of just call it off and pretend like nothing happened. But he had every right to continue going through with his plan, according to the Bible. Man. But God showed up. And God changed his mind. When was the last time you changed your mind about anything? When was the last time I changed my mind about anything? I don't remember. But if, I'm, if my mind is unchangeable, then how can God grow me? If your mind cannot be changed, then you can't grow. If you've already got everything all figured out, then what do we need God for? Now, this doesn't mean you have to be so open-minded that we just believe everything that everybody says. Right? That's not, that doesn't do anybody any good. So you can't be so open-minded that you're, you don't care about the truth, but you also can't be so closed-minded that we don't even allow God to change our minds. And Joseph's willingness to change, his, his lack of stubborn pride, well, it was crucial to the Christmas story. God was preparing Joseph to change into the kind of earthly father that Jesus needed. Jesus needed protection when he was a baby from Herod. Joseph had the courage to take them to, to Egypt. Joseph needed a father figure, an earthly father figure in his life to provide for him. And Joseph did that. And all because he was willing to change his mind when God showed up. It was amazing. But you know what? A change of mind doesn't do you a whole lot of good unless it's followed up by obedience. Right? If you change your mind about something but keep on living the exact same way, then okay, I guess that's good. But 
doesn't make a whole lot of difference unless that change of mind is followed up by a change of action. So not only did Joseph change his mind, he also changed his actions and he obeyed. I love that. It's, it's wonderful. When, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He changed his mind and then he obeyed and changed his actions. And you know this obedience was costly, right? It cost him something. Because I don't know about you, but, but the virgin birth story, unless I'm, I'm reading it in the Bible or hearing it from an angel, doesn't hold a lot of water for me. I mean, if someone comes up to me and says, meet my baby, I had a virgin birth, I'd say, okay, sure. You know, like, it, it, it is a miracle for a reason, and the reason is because it doesn't happen very often. In fact, only once. So Joseph can't go around saying, well, meet my son. It was an immaculate conception. Like that, that probably didn't hold water to a lot of people in his town. So either people are going to believe that he's raising someone else's baby and they're going to think he's a sucker, or they're going to believe that it's his baby and he just couldn't control himself and that he and Mary are living in sin and immoral. But either way... It's a matter of social embarrassment for him to be raising this baby because people know that they had this baby out of wedlock. And it's not just a matter of being embarrassed. I mean, I can handle being embarrassed, but honor and reputation in ancient Near Eastern culture was a huge deal. And it can affect your livelihood. If It's not just about being embarrassed. It's about being shamed in that culture. And, and if you're shamed, then you're not going to get the business for your carpentry job that you would have gotten otherwise. You're not going to have the clientele come in and get you because they don't want to shop at someone that they know is immoral. So it's not just a matter of being embarrassed. It's a matter of, of shame and honor. And in that culture and in that society, that could be the, the difference between making enough money to eat that day and provide for your family or not. So Joseph's staring right down the barrel of these difficulties. He's staring right down the barrel of this embarrassment and right down the barrel of the shame that he's about to, ha to happen. And probably anticipating difficulties that he could not have even imagined. He didn't know they were going to have to flee to Egypt. He didn't know they'd have to give birth in a stable. But it, he stuck with it through all those difficulties because he chose obedience. He had the courage to commit to obedience of God as the father of this child no matter what scary circumstances loomed. No matter how high the cost was going to be to him personally, no matter how much effort it was going to take for him, he could have sidestepped all of that and gone about and lived a quiet life, but he chose to take on the difficulties of being the father of Jesus because he obeyed. And it was an act of courage. C.S. Lewis has this great quote about courage. He says, courage is not simply one of the virtues, but the form of every virtue at the testing point. 
which means at the point of highest reality. Courage isn't just one of the virtues, but in order to practice obedience, we have to practice courage at some point. Because if we have a change of mind, but we're too scared of what other people are think to, act, to follow through with our actions, then we're not going to do it. We've got to have courage in order to act out obedience in a world that doesn't understand what obedience is or doesn't understand why you would obey. If we claim to have the values that Jesus taught, we cannot just have them on the inside. We can't have these values as an intellectual idea. It has to walk out in our lives. We have to have the courage to live out the values that we claim to have. Or we don't really have those values. I'm so grateful that Joseph chose to obey God. And then backed up that obedience with courage that put obedience into action no matter the cost. Like a police officer who gets into the uniform or a soldier enlisting for the fight, Joseph knew there was a chance that it might not work out for him. <laughs> that the shame might be too much. That people might talk that, that it could ruin his life. But he did it. He didn't bail on his family. He didn't bail on his love. He went through it anyway for the sake of his betrothed, for the sake of their child, and for the sake of the God who called him to be a father to this very special baby. So when God calls us into action, we can kind of know what to expect, right? We know sometimes when God calls us to change our minds, it's not going to be popular. When God calls us to, to follow through on what he's, he's called us to do, it, it might lead to derision and hatred from a world that doesn't understand. Heck, it could cost us money. It could cost us relationships. It could open us up to a future that has a great deal of uncertainty. And I don't know about you, but I hate uncertainty. But what the angel told Joseph holds true for us. Don't be afraid. Have courage. Align your mind with the, line, with the mind of God and have the courage to follow through with what he calls you to. Because if God calls us to obedience, he'll also provide what we need to carry that obedience out. God doesn't call us to obedience that he doesn't provide us with. We can trust God even when we know there will be hardship and trouble ahead. Because obeying is worth it. It's worth whatever it costs us. The angel prepared Joseph to change his mind. And Joseph had the courage to live it out. I pray that to this Advent, God will prepare us for the changes that we need to make in order to be better disciples. I don't know what that change looks like for you, but I know that I'm not perfect. I know I've got room to change, and I know you probably do too, because we're not there yet. And growth means something's got to change. We can't stay exactly the way we are and continue to grow. So let's take a time of introspection. Ask God, what is it that I need to change? What do I need to 
to submit to you for and then ask for the courage to live that out. Let's go to God in prayer. God, I pray that you will give all of us the humility to know that we don't have everything figured out. Some of the things that we think we know or some of the things that we think we um, have to go through and do, I mean, I, maybe not. But I pray that you will give us courage to listen to your spirit, to evaluate where you're leading us, and to follow through with courage of our convictions. God, I pray that you will show up and, and show us the way. Give us more of your spirit, more of your guidance, more of your leadership. And give us the courage to follow through. In your name I pray. Amen.